Hi there. Thanks for tuning in to the Res Life Big Rapids podcast. We're glad you found us, and we hope this message helps shape you into something that looks like Christ. Now let's listen in. Well, good morning. How's everybody today? Man, how many know that God is good? That, that new song, I, ho- I hope you'll end up catching on to it. I just love how it says, here we are, we're living on the edge of heaven. How many know we are, we are on the edge of heaven? And that, 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 you know, it won't be long and we'll, we'll all be with Jesus. But while we're here, we have a mission to do, right? We've got a job to do. God has great plans. Say, he has plans for me. All right, well, I'm Pastor Ross. If you've never been here before, hi. Um, but uh, over the last four weeks, we've been talking uh, specifically focused on the, chapter, uh, the book of Galatians, chapter 5. And this is a book that was written by the Apostle Paul. He, uh, he wrote it to actually a bunch of churches in a greater region called Galatia. And, and he's talking about specifically the difference between living a life for God or a life of the Spirit, um, with the Spirit of God in you, leading you and guiding you, that compared to a life of the flesh or a life of the world, uh, being led or following what the world is telling you to do. How many know that more and more our social media and our mainstream media is leaning more and more towards a world of the flesh, right? And, and, and of course... It's been a process through time, and, and the, I was saying this to somebody earlier today, like, like the world and history is cyclical, okay? So we have times of great reform where lots of people, you know, start moving towards morality, and then we have times uh, where, where things start moving towards immorality, and, and it's happened over and over. Well, what happens is the people in the area of Galatia are moving towards immorality, and there's a lot of things going on and a lot of different things being said about faith and about Jesus and all this stuff, so people are confused, so Paul writes this letter defining and really laying out the difference between a life with God and a life without God. And, uh, and so really, remember last week I made a point that living a life of the Spirit should result in a four-letter word that starts with L, that we celebrate kind of in February. It should result in what? Love. Living a life of the Spirit should result in love. And really, when we get down to it, this idea of the Holy Spirit, this thing that tends to kind of freak people out because they think about miracles or, or ghosts or, or whatever, that really the whole point of having the Holy Spirit in our life, probably beyond everything else, would be that it empowers us to love people the way that God loves people. It's important that we love one another, right? In Galatians 5.14, we, we talked about this three weeks ago. Um, It states that we should love our neighbor as ourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. And it specifically says in there that if we will truly love our neighbor as we love ourselves, that we will fulfill everything that is in the law. Or in other words, every rule, everything that the Bible says we should be doing. If we will truly live for love. Say, I want to live for love. All right. Well, you said it. I didn't. And, uh, and so today I want to wrap up what it looks like to live a life of the Spirit. I want to bring this series to a close. So before I go there, I think it's important that we pray. So let's bow our heads and let's pray. Father, I thank you for each and every person here. Lord, I thank you that, that they are here as part of this church family. Whether they're a visitor today or not, today they're family. And Lord, we just pray that as we get into your word, that you speak to our hearts, Lord. Uh, Let us have ears that hear, hearts that understand, and minds that desire to be more like you. Lord, speak to us about our lives today in the way that we live, Lord, and, and inspire us today to move forward in our lives, trusting you, having faith in you. Lord, I pray that we are good ground and that today's seeds are planted and
and we experience great growth. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So again, in Galatians 5, we're talking about what it means to live a life of the Spirit. And in there, there is a list of things you should not do. Okay, towards the end of Galatians 5, if you want to go look it up later, I'm not going to read it to you today. But there is a list of the things of the flesh, or, the, or really what it means to live a life of the flesh. And the thing about those is that they lead to destruction. I'm, like I said, I'm not going to go read it, but you read it later today, and you will see that, that everything that is listed there eventually will lead to destruction in your life. You're like, what, am I going to die or something? Well, maybe, you might, but... but more realistically, you, you are walking, if you're living a life of the flesh or of the world, you're walking a path that will lead you to emotional, physical, and spiritual destruction. It's just the way it is. And, and, and so the thing about Galatians 5 that, that I feel Paul should have included, but, but he didn't, is if it says, he, he really hits hard on we shouldn't be focusing on the things of the flesh or the things of the world. In other words, we shouldn't be living and, and looking at and desiring those things. But it doesn't really say what we should be looking at or what we should be focusing on. The alternative list in Galatians 5 says, but the life of the Spirit or the fruits of the Spirit produce these things. But what does it mean? What does it mean to live a life of the Spirit? Like what is, how do I, or maybe more than what does it mean, but what do I need to focus on? It's interesting, there is another letter written that specifically says what we should focus on. So I want to read that to you today. It's found in Philippians uh, 4.8. This is a letter that was written to the Philippian church. So it, it says this, it says, Finally, brothers and sisters, you might know this one. In fact, we sing a song about it. Whatever is true, whatever is right. You know that one? This is where it comes from, what it was written from. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Say, think about that. We as people were so busy looking for the faults in others or the failings of life or the problems around us that we often look right past or are blind to seeing the goodness of God in life. We're so busy looking at the flesh, looking at the list, the bad list, that we don't ever even bother to, to really begin to focus on whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is, you know. We, and so, of course, we, we feel a breakdown in ourselves. We have no hope left for the world, no hope left for our life, no hope left for our loved ones, no hope for anything, because we're so busy looking at things that lead to destruction. Step number one of living, or part of step number one of living a life of the Spirit is changing your focus from the things of the flesh to the things that are right, the things that are noble, the things that are praiseworthy, things that are excellent, things that are admirable. That, that's the beginning. We have to change our point of view. You know like the, the saying, you know, do you see the cup half full or half empty? Most of us see it empty. We don't want to admit it, but, I mean, it's half empty. It's almost gone, right? And, and so we've got to change that. What's interesting is then it continues. So how do we change that? How do we change that? It continues right after that scripture, after he says, think about such things, to say something else that I think is really important. It says, whatever, Philippians 4, 9, whatever you have learned or received or heard from me, from God, or seen in me, put into practice. Say practice. And the God of peace will be with you. Put into practice. 
So I have a question for you today. Did anybody in this place, in high school or college or at any point in your life, did anybody here play the trumpet? Anybody? Raise your hand if you played the trumpet. All right. Well, I have a trumpet, and I'd like to invite you. Are you a first-time visitor today to come up? Could you come up? No, no I'm joking. Really, don't. I don't, I don't want you. It, it doesn't even work. Do you see that? That, that lady right there was more willing than most of the people who come to this church every single week. Give it up. Come up after service. I want to talk with you. I like you right now. I, I, I just like choked. I have never played the trumpet. Would you like me to play for you? I, I think I'm going to try. But, but here's the thing. Like, I'm very, very musical. Like, you guys, I, I play in the band. I sing. I, I can play multiple instruments up here. One instrument I cannot play is the drums. One time, they didn't have a drummer, and so they asked if I'd play drums. We didn't make it through the first song at practice, and they said, never mind. We'll just go with no drummer. <laughs> no drummer is better than you, Ross. Anyway, so, but I played the saxophone in high school, and I, I think I was last year, and uh, not very good. But I never, I never learned to play the trumpet. My brother was decent. But, uh, but anyway, you want to hear a little, little ditty I wrote today? Not really messing around. I'm, I don't know how to play the trumpet. Um, but you know, there are people who really do know how to play the trumpet. And can make really great music. We were, uh, we were invited, our worship team was, to go up to Traverse City and do an outdoor worship thing for uh, a church up there. And so we went up and, and we're setting up and Joey, our worship leader, is there and I was there and Jared was there. And, and we're all, we're like getting set up, doing sound check. And this guy walks up. We're about, we're about done with practice. And this guy walks up. And he's like, hey, I'm going to play with you guys tonight. I'm like, no, you're not. Go away. It's like, we don't know you. <laughs> like, like, I don't know what this guy is. Like, what's he going to do? Like, like, come up there, like, play Led Zeppelin leads the whole time? I don't know. And, and so, so he's like, no, I'm going to. And the, and the pastor walks over and he goes, he's going to. He's our worship leader. I'm like, oh, what? Like, he didn't even practice with us. I'm like, oh, all right, all right. Uh, do you have any equipment? He's like, yep, let me go get it. Guy leaves. He comes back with a trumpet. A trumpet doesn't exactly fit in with the kind of music that we, like, like if we did that, that song. Here we are, living on the edge of heaven. You know, like, like what? No. It was one of the best worship nights I've ever had. Old boy was ridiculous. He played the trumpet like I've never heard the trumpet played before. We were talking about it before this service because the, the band heard me talk about it last service. And we were all like, do you remember that? That guy was amazing, Joey said. That guy was dope. And, <laughs> and But you, you don't just get that good. I mean, he didn't even practice with us. You don't get that good just by picking up the trumpet. Like, there's no amount of YouTube videos you can watch and tutorials that can make it possible for you to just pick up that trumpet, stand up here, and play some amazing song. It just ain't going to happen, right? It takes what? It takes practice. You know what else takes practice? Your walk with God. 
Your walk with God takes practice, and it takes time. And when you start, you suck. Let's just be honest, all right? It's just the way it is. I know I shouldn't say that. I apologize, but I did say it. Anyway, because it's true, because that's what people say about me now after I play trumpet. But Philippians 4.9, whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. Put it into practice. I've said this before, but what has to happen between planting seeds in the ground and picking the corn? Time, right? There needs to be water and nutrients for the seed. There needs to be time for growth. You know, throughout the summer, those plants never take a break from trying to grow. They're always trying to grow. And you can't have the harvest. You can't experience the fruit without putting in the time and putting in the effort. Really what it brings me to is this thought of, of that we need to put action to the things that we are learning. We need to activate our walk with God. We need to activate it. And I got thinking about that, that word activate, and, and what that really means, and what that should mean to us when we're talking about our relationship with God. And so let me, let me look at the definition of activate. It, it says, the definition is this, it says, to make something active. What I really dislike is when, in a dictionary, they use the word to explain the word. <laughs> Who does that? Great. So I know nothing now. So what I thought would be better is let's just look at the root word, which is active, right? What is the definition of active? It's this. It says, follow along with me. I know it's not on the screen, but listen. It says, doing things for an organization, cause, or campaign rather than simply giving it your support. Let me read it again. Doing things. Say doing things. Doing things for an organization, a cause, or campaign, rather than just giving it your support. See, we are great supporters for God. But we are not very active. We need to put our faith into practice. We need to be doing things for the Lord. Not just in our heart going, oh, but I'm for that. I, I am a Christian because I'm for that. Oh, how does anybody else know you're a Christian, right? What are you doing for God? Say, what am I doing? You may say that you're personally changing your life to try to follow him, to try to, do, uh, to, try to live for him. And that's great, but this whole God thing, it's, it's for more than just you. And you might be like, wait a second, I thought it was all about me and God. Well, yeah, that's where it starts, but it goes way beyond just you. It's not just about you. How many people do you know that need to change their lives for him? Maybe you were one of those people at one point. But you may be the one person that God is trying to use to help them experience change in their life, to help them experience the love of God in their life. Now, now, I know this is scary. I know stepping out for God is freaky, and it brings up these things that I call the what-ifs. Like, what if they think I'm crazy? They probably already do. 
What if, what if I say something wrong? I want, I want honesty here today. Raise your hand if you're afraid to talk about God because you're afraid you'll say something wrong. Come on, come on, don't be shy. Raise it up. My hand's up. You know why my hand's up? Because every Sunday I'm afraid I'm going to say something wrong to you people. Every Sunday. Every Sunday I am up here and I'm, before I walk out I'm praying, Lord, please don't let me say something wrong. Because I don't want to have anybody get some false idea about who God is. I want to I only be according to your word. And, and you're like, yeah, but you know everything. Yeah. Let me tell you. What if they stop liking me? What if they won't be my friend anymore? But I think there's another set of what ifs. What if you are their only hope? What if, what if they are actually waiting for you to ask them about God? You know, it's so common. People finally take the step to share about God with somebody and they go, I have been waiting for you to bring it up. I've been waiting for you to invite me to church. I just didn't want to go alone. What if they're waiting for you? Or, or what if they're really hurting and they're looking for something real? You're real. Maybe God wants to use you. But you've got to be active. You've got to choose to put the things you learn, the things you hear, here at church or Bible studies or with friends as you're studying the Word or talking about, you need to put those things into action. What's crazy is Jesus spent three years with his disciples. Well, some a little bit more than that. Could you imagine spending every single day with Jesus? If you read the parables through the Gospels, that's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the beginning of the New Testament. If you read the parables where Jesus tells stories to try to convey his thoughts, it says in the Word, after almost all of those parables or all of those times he speaks, it says, then he went away with his disciples and explained the parables to them. Could you imagine being one of those men or, or people, you know, women that were around at that time, being able to be in, in Jesus' presence, having him explain things to you word for word, how even more, more depth there would be than even what we get in, in the Bible to each one of those parables? Be able to ask him a question, but wait, Jesus, like, so say that again to me. What was that? Even those men, when Jesus said, I'm going, didn't feel ready. Even those men said, what if they think I'm crazy? What if I say something wrong? What if they don't like me anymore? But they put their faith into action. And it changed everything. You can't, you can't get good at the trumpet unless you actually put your lips to the thing and you blow really hard and you try. You can't be good at it. And you can't, you can't, if you're waiting till you feel ready, you will never feel ready to step out for God until you decide to do it and realize that you can. You can do this. Do you, how many people here, and I'm not trying to exclude anybody, but it, how many people here would say that you are a Christian, a believer, you're saved, you're going to heaven? 
tonight. So maybe some hands aren't up. That's okay. There's lots of people who are trying to figure, figure out what's truth for them, where, where they're supposed to be, what they're supposed to do. And if you're here today, I hope that you're starting to figure things out. Why are you called a Christian? Do you know where the, the name Christian came from? Why people were named Christians? Everybody thinks this. Every, how many people have always thought they called them Christians because they followed Christ? Raise your hand if you think that. Christ follower, right? Christian. You're wrong. That has nothing to do with it, by the way. It literally has nothing to do with Jesus, why they called them Christians. The Christians were, uh, the, the people who followed Christ were called the way. Say the way. So if you want to really go old school on somebody, say, I'm not a Christian, I'm the way. Say, I am the way. But Jesus is really the way, right? But you are, you are the way that they're supposed to hear about him and experience his love. Did you know that? So anyway, so it happens, they, they first are called Christians in Antioch. We see this, it's a city back then, and it's, a, it's a, found in Acts eleven twenty six. 26. It says, for a whole year, Barnabas and Saul, Paul, um, met with the church and taught great numbers of people. The disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. So Antioch is a city where, um, it's really weird, but they're known for making nicknames for people. They would, the city was known as the naming city. People who would go there, groups of people would go there, and these people of Antioch, the leaders, would say, well, this is what we're going to call those people from now on. And so um, this is actually the historical truth. The word Christ in Christians comes from the, the, the word Christos, which means anointed. That's why they call Jesus, Jesus Christ. Jesus' name was not Jesus Christ. It would have been either Jesus of Nazareth or just like your last name might be Stevenson. That's how they did a lot of that back then. His name really would be Jesus Josephson, right? Or son of Joseph. That would have been, and we would have translated that into Josephson. So Jesus was not Jesus Christ. He was called that because he had this power on him, this anointing that was on him. And see, this is, this is true. This is, you can go read about this. The people of Antioch, they saw these people called the way, and they noticed that there was something different about them. They noticed that they had some sort of power or difference or something about them personally that made them stand out that they felt was an anointing from God. So Christians means anointed ones. That's what it means. So does anybody know that you're a Christian? And do they know it because you call yourself it? Or do they know it because they see it in you? It's interesting. Jesus, he actually prophesies that this is going to happen. Now, prophecy is where somebody, um, somebody says that, you know, this is going to happen in the future, and then it happens, right? Okay, so it's prophecy and then the fulfillment of prophecy. Jesus says this in John um, ver, uh, chapter 13, 34, 35. He says this, A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. Listen to verse 35. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples. By what? By what? By what? Come on. By what? By love, everyone will know that you are my disciples. Back in Antioch, there were all kinds of different religious groups that would come into cities, and you know how they would try to get people to convert? They'd threaten to kill you. They would try to force you 
into their religion. But this group, the way, was different. They came in and they didn't do that. Instead, they cared about people. They what? L word? They loved people. And by that love, they were recognized as followers of Christ. And they called them anointed ones. Do people know that you're a Christian because you said so? Or do people know you're Christians because they see the love of God, the anointing of God in your life? That can only happen if you're willing to put action to your faith. It can only happen if you're willing to take the great step. It can only happen really fully if you have the Holy Spirit to give you love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. In all situations, Jesus says, love your neighbor as you love yourself. Even if you don't like your neighbor, love them. Can we love others? Can we make a choice to put action to our faith, to activate the things that we know of God in our lives? See, because God really only made us for two major reasons. The first one is to glorify him, and the other one is to go into all the world. And preach the gospel. And the gospel is love. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for this day. Again, I thank you for everybody who's here. Lord, I pray that today as we looked into your word. At what it says about living and loving others. That for some of us. It was a bit of a wake up call. Maybe this last five weeks has been a wake up call. To the fact that we're not living sold out to you. Our focus has been on things of the flesh, not on whatever is true, whatever is right, whatever is noble, whatever is lovely. Maybe we haven't been focused on, on following your leading, your, the Holy Spirit in our life. Instead, we've been focused on our own desires. Lord, I pray today that we can begin to shift those things, that we can put action. So many times, Lord, we walk out of this place feeling Empowered to change, but we don't. Because the what-ifs scare us away. Lord, I pray that today you will give us the strength and you will give us the vision and the determination to bypass those what-ifs and to be used by you. If you're here today with everybody's eyes closed and you've never made Jesus Lord of your life, You've never said that you were saved. You've never accepted him as your savior. But you want to today. I want to give you that opportunity. And, and that decision is way more than just going to heaven. If you make a decision to, to make Jesus Lord of your life today, not only are you going to go to heaven someday, but, you're, but heaven and, and the kingdom of God starts today. He can give you purpose that goes beyond your normal everyday purpose, to make a difference for him, to love other people. And he also wants to be there to help you when you feel down, when you feel like you're struggling. The word says that he's, he's our foundation, that he upholds us in times of trouble. So if that's you today and you want to make Jesus Lord of your life, you want to be saved today, just right where you're at with your eyes closed, just, just slip your hand up. Is there anybody who wants to accept the Lord? If that's you, lift your hand up high. Awesome. The ushers are just going to hand you an envelope. Just put it on your lap. It's just information for later. Awesome. We're going to say a prayer right now. And if you're one of the people who raised your hand, 
in the room today, this prayer is for you. We're all going to pray it together. But the word says that if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, and if we believe in our heart that he rose from the dead, that he really is God, then we'll be saved. And so today when we pray, this is you confessing with your mouth. This is you making him Lord of your life. But the next part, the heart part, that's the hard part. That's the part where you have to choose every day to trust God. You have to, you have to be willing to trust him when the, when the road gets rough. And then when the things are really great, the things of life are great, to glorify him because he is part of your life and he is part of getting you to those high points of life. So let's pray together. Say, Lord, I love you. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to die on the cross, defeat the grave, and rise again. I am a sinner, and I struggle with sin. But today I'm different. I'm a new creation. Remade and remastered. I make you Lord of my life. And I choose to live for you from this day on. Lead me into the life that you have for me. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Awesome. Thanks again for tuning in today. If you'd like to learn more about our church, you can check us out online at rlcbr.org. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast in the iTunes store or your podcast feed. We love you, and remember to always reach up, reach in, and reach out. Have a great week.